0: And thank you for tuning in to the Business and Wealth Show with your host, Matt Hatram. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Business and Wealth Show with your host, Matt Catrum. And today I have the absolute pleasure to be on this show with Matt Shoup. And Matt Shoop's coming from all. Oh, he's going to tell us a little bit more about himself, but he's coming from the USA. Good old USO of A. And Matt came from L- getting sacked from his corporate job with $100 in his pocket, and in less than five years, turn that into a multi-million dollar business. We're talking to Matt here because we want to get into this and say, okay, what happened? How do we turn adversity into success? And many, many things we're going to discuss. So stay tuned. Hey, Matt, welcome to the Business and Wealth Show, buddy. Matt, thanks for having me. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. Hey, tell us a little bit about. I just gave a hint, but what happened? How did your entrepreneurial journey really start? I know you. You tell us a story. What What happened? And how did you turn that around?
1: Gosh, so I love sharing my story. I love hearing other people's stories, and and story is so important because everybody has their own and it's unique. And our stories are coming together with yeah. stories of your listeners and viewers. So I I have two stories. I have the business origin story from when I was thrown out of the bank and I was 20 years old, but there was a pre-story to that story. And now I'm I'm kind of embarrassed a little bit that when we were doing our pre-call housekeeping, right, that I forgot to mention is, so I got bullied a lot growing up. And one of the biggest things I was called, um, shoopy poopy, because my last name is actually, and I didn't tell you this, it's shout, but everybody says shoop. (laughs) So they sung the old uh, Salt and Pepper song, the shoot, oh, okay. shoot, baby. So, right. um, so, so that was actually it's funny because that was part of some of the bullying and the teasing that I had growing up. But business for me at a young age. So I grew up in New Jersey. I lived there till I was ten, and um, I, I was an easy target for bullies for multiple reasons. I was small in stature, zero confidence. um I was very creative. I I did things differently, and people didn't see that. So I was labeled a troublemaker. And I said, well that's the label. I'll take it. And I'm going to double down on it. And I cause trouble. So I was brilliant, got in trouble. And all the kids I ran around with, not all of them, but the majority of them are either dead in prison or disappeared. So on paper, I should be there with them. But what happened is I'm growing up, I'm this scared little kid. I don't have certainty, confidence. I don't know my value. At 10 years old, I asked my parents for a, a boom box. Two hundred dollars okay. to buy those big CD player, right? You remember the big, I I know <laughs> big things back in the nineties? And they said, "Hey, you got to figure out a way to make your own money. Uh, you get four dollars a week to cut our grass, yes. and we're not going to give you two hundred dollars." So, I took their lawnmower and um, knocked on doors in my neighborhood. Smart. And not only did I make two hundred, I made two thousand. Yeah. And. The, the 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 lesson in that story for listeners and viewers, there's the business story. That was my start to business. But business and money and setting goals and accomplishing them, that was the first time I was in an environment and I created it where I had confidence, certainty, love. I found and saw my value and I was having fun. So that rooted a lot in me. Like on paper, great. It's a business origin story that came into play when I got sacked from the bank Mm. But it was also part of my, my foundation and my upbringing growing in, you know, from a, from a scared boy to learning just how to become a man. And and I think those two things can't be separated in business, your life story and your business story can't be separated. And that's why I share both. So yeah, that 2000 turned into shoveling snow, uh, peddling candy out of my middle school locker. I was suspended for that technically paper, (laughs) So nobody encouraged my entrepreneurial spirit, but that was my thing. So that's what I what I leaned into. And then I worked a couple hourly jobs you know, in middle school, high school. I always went up to the you know top leadership positions. And then I worked, uh, ended up at Colorado State University in 2000. So 99, 2003, I got recruited by a college painting company. And right. they started to show me the ropes of the painting business back in college.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, so, so what I'm getting is, at an early age, you have this entrepreneurial burning desire because you want to buy something, you want to you want to own stuff. You want your um, your boombox, right? Two hundred dollars, haven't got the money. Find a way, and then at some point, you went instead of taking that entrepreneurial thing you had and going into business, you went into corporate, right? There must have been some desire as you're working in that company, thinking, why am I here? Why am I? Because every entrepreneur I speak to who had st- who started as young as you did realized at some point they can't work for anybody. Tell us the story about that. Um... Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, I was told to sit down and shut up a lot because I was up running around and talking. And, you know, I knew I couldn't wor- work for anybody. So I, I went, you know, ten, 10 years old into middle school. I had these little side hustles, little businesses. And then I just went Hourly employee. I worked at restaurants. I worked at a Chinese restaurant as a busboy. I ran a Subway sandwich store. Again, all the way up to the top. Like those people could leave me there, and I could run the 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 store. And then I worked at a shoe store. And honestly, Mac, I was just concerned at that age. Go even even going into college is how do I get the grade to get the degree, and how do I get in and out of school as fast as possible? Because I was still getting bullied. Like I still didn't fit in. So I could go make money, and I don't care how we do it. So Subway sandwich shop was more profitable to me and for me than than shoveling snow based on that. So that was kind of my desire. But um, yeah, I, I definitely found that you've got to let me into a space and let me lead the ship because I definitely ha- had that leadership. And then college painters, they came and recruited me and they taught me how to run a business, run a residential house painting company with their money, my time. And I made a bunch of money learning the business. But then when I left college, I said, you know, painting's not sexy. I made six figures in four years while I was 18 to 22 years old spent three times what I made but I did the corporate thing max so I did the suit and tie oh, know, yeah. banker thing and I ended up there because it was the mortgage business and it looked sexy it looked like a lot of money and I was very driven by money but I hated it right it was it was the money chase the money grab for me young arrogant kid trying to prove himself but I'm in this environment that I knew I wasn't going to be a part of and I was plotting my escape before they opened the door for me and threw <laughs> me out. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. So you were, so you were plotting your escape before you were pushed anyway. So yeah. when you were pushed out, you had something lined up by by all accounts, by by my imagination.
1: What, what happened there is graduated college. Oh three. So I spent a semester in Spain. I fell in love with Spain. Oh, wow. I was gonna, gonna go back to Spain, but then I met my, uh, my now wife college sweetheart right after that. So Graduate, we're about to get married, and I'm doing the banking thing. And I, you know, in premarriage counseling, we talked with the pastor. We said, "Yeah, we're going to have a business one day." But when I'm hating life at the bank, I knew how to do painting, mm. and I told the painters, "Hey, I'm not coming back to this." The guys I worked with, and I just hated the bank. So my plan literally goes like this: Tuesday morning, bank president comes in, calls me into his office. It's a new guy, never met him before. He's in the big banker's desk. He calls me, and I'm a young, you know, young kid. He goes, Matt, put all your stuff in a box. He he said another word that started with S. He said, put all your stuff in a box. You're fired. Get out. Wow. And and he didn't even shake my hand. He didn't say hi. He didn't want to meet me. It was very cold, just very inhumane. Uh, We'll call him Chad. So Chad, he didn't (laughs) say, hey, I'm Chad. Nice to meet you. Where are you going to go? What are your goals? Get all your stuff. Put it in a box. Get out. That was number one. Number two, and this is what, what rubbed me. And this is actually what drove me for a number of years. He said, maybe you should go do that painting thing. Like oh, wow. like you dirty little painter, right? So it was the classic, arrogant, corporate. I'm better than you. I'm scrubbing and cleaning my and I don't care about you, your life, your family, your story, get out. And then, but you don't say that to me. Like remember where I'm from from New Jersey. You're like oh, okay. they'll, they'll, they'll yeah, never take the New Jersey nuts. out of me. <laughs> but I said, okay. I said, okay. So I gave him the two finger salute. Oh dear. And I got all my stuff, put it in a box, gave him some more choice words. I was pretty angry. Mm. Uh, in general, and especially at that moment. And I walked out of the bank and I'm standing there, Mac, in the parking lot, just looking up at the sky. It's a beautiful day. And I'm a man, right? So as a male, I need to have the answer. We we have to have the solution to everything. I've got to come home. I need to have an answer. I needed $2,800 in 28 days to support the family, to not start losing things like the house, the car. Mm. So I have a 12 minute drive home. And in that moment, when I step into that parking lot, I made three vows. I'm never working for anybody again, because I know I I can't anyway. I'm a bad employee. Never going to wear a tie to work. The only <laughs> time I wear a tie is to the Feria de Sevilla in Spain. There was you just go. There. And I'm never going to work for a guy like that. And I'm never going to be a guy like that. And then I started MD painting with the last $100 that I could spare because that's all I could spare was six figures in debt. Came home, told my wife. She said, You're home early for lunch. I said, Yep, it's a permanent lunch. She goes, Oh. <laughs> Well, we had a nice lunch. We we had we had a long lunch. And she said, What are you going to do about it? I said, Let's let's give this painting thing a try because I know it will make me 2828 days. And I was only thinking, Mac, I didn't have this grand vision of, you know, on a on a podcast 20 years later, year to date with tens of millions of dollars. Like, I just needed to eat. Right. And just went out and got to work.
0: Mm. So 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 what I'm hearing is that you you knew this painting thing, you've been in it you're ready yes. to graft you're ready to work hard you've got to make the money you've got to feed your family that's number 1 you're not worried you're not going to work for anybody else so you you have no choice but to make this thing work so how did yeah. you take it from yeah. just feeding the family to creating lots more than that with all the employees how
1: did you go about doing that So, I mean, it's interesting because some people are more interested in like, what did I do that afternoon? So if you're a listener (laughs) saying, what do I do? I'm in that same situation. So literally my next 48 hours was, I took hundred dollars. I can't remember if it was cash or not, but I walked out and I said, when I knock on somebody's door, I need a business card. I went to Kinko's. Okay. And I bought $30 and they were cut crooked. They were awful. And then went out and knocked on doors. Now I'm down to $70 in my time and my back's against the wall. I knocked on doors. I'm going to be in the neighborhood. I'm going to be in the neighborhood just down the street. Uh, We're going to be in the neighborhood painting this summer. Can I give you an estimate this weekend? Right. So I'd knock all week to estimate all weekend. Uh, Came back, had a weekend full of estimates. Right. Three days later. Oh, I need to have proposals. So I had to go over to Office Depot, $40 for contracts. Now I'm down to... 20, whatever it was went out that weekend closed three contracts for ten thousand dollars roughly and I got fifty percent deposit so now I had five thousand twenty dollars in the bank okay that that like if you're gonna start something there's that short term right like how do mm-hmm. I have money tomorrow uh and then at the end of the month but then at the end of the month, of workings, right? When I got fired was March, April, we started painting. So it was really mid March to end of April. I get to the end of April and we had made three, four times that money that we needed. And I go, okay. Cause I thought, thought I'd just do it for a little bit till I found out what I was really supposed to do. Mm. <laughs> and I go, we're going to keep doing this. And we just went one month at a time, two months at a time. And then we got to the end of the year. We did top line, half million bucks. Wow. Bottom line, about 30% net, net, net. Mm-hmm. so i'm sitting here making you know in nine months more than i did all four years of college i still had a money spending problem talk about that you know park that will come back and and at that point mac was when i said okay hold on it's not a dirty little painter thing like chad mm. at the bank said mm. you can make a good living out of this absolutely and i said let's go do let's get to a million so my my thing was i'm, I'm going to be million dollar matt that's going to be the story so we we just went shy the next year oh six we were about eight hundred k top line third year we were one two one point two so from a hundred dollars we built a million dollar company in three years and then two years later or five years in we were two million plus so multi million superb superb well done you fantastic yeah. thank you and, and, thank you and, and it was all about
0: I will not be stopped and you had the mindset of I'm gonna I'm gonna take action I'm gonna do whatever it takes I've got to feed my family. How does one develop that mindset? If someone's listening in now and things are not going right in the business, they know they need to make a shift or a change or a pivot, and it's not working. How do you overcome that present situation to then move forward?
1: A couple of things change your state and change your belief system. and, And it's easier and it's that quick of a change, whether you believe it or not. So I would say, because I see people that have it. I like I they're, they're, you know, I see a guy who just got laid off. He told me he goes, I got six months and then I got no house. So what are you gonna do about it? Well, I'm kind <laughs> of He doesn't he don't I don't know if he has it. Uh-huh. He might have it when he's a month out, but he, you know, maybe six months is too long for him. So mm-hmm. some people just have that or they don't. But I think everybody at a human degree, you take away their basic hierarchy of needs at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy, right? You need yeah, food, yeah. shelter. You're gonna figure that out. Like and then, you know, some people do, some people don't, uh, victim and victor mentality are two different things because of how I grew up in that moment. I I still thought I was a little bit of a victim, but I had a lot to prove. Right. So I just said, I'm going to make it happen. And there's people that are chasing excellence, chasing success, or they're running away from failure. Those are two totally different things. But for me, I just said I I have to when a should becomes a must right um, and you know this is a lot of neuro linguistic programming Tony Robbins says this all the time if you want to <laughs> take the island burn the boats yeah. my boats were burned and they were coming for the condo coming for the Honda Accord that I that I purchased in <laughs> college right like like it was so um, but if you don't if you don't have that I want somebody to write this down is think about the story you're telling yourself so you just got kicked between the legs knocked down thrown down you're listening to these voices. Where are these voices coming from? Are they yours or are they outside voices? Because somebody's either telling you you can or you can't. Many times, we're our worst voice. So if your internal voice is saying you can't do this, go find a job. You're not going to win. You're going to fail. You're going to lose. That's part of your story and your programming. And you concluded that you're never going to win at anything based on a time you lost at something and made a conclusion that when stuff gets hard and I lose, I don't get back up. I just play the victim. And if that's working for you, great. I don't see that that works for anybody for too long. So if your mindset, if your program, if the story you're telling yourself isn't serving you, but it's sabotaging you, change it. And and the way you change it is you have to go back to it Uh Uh and and find something that will override your negative thinking about that story. What's it going to look like if Matt and Emily get kicked out of the condo and they take the Honda Accord? What is that going to look like? Right, And um, that, that created a pain in my life that I didn't want. So there's a certain degree that we're all trying to avoid pain. And, and I was running away from a potential pain for a long time and it's motivating. Well, that's not the yeah. best inspiration to have.
0: Yeah. So what I, what, what I'm hearing say is that you said, change your state for those, for those who haven't studied Anthony Robbins, you know, I know that's physiology, but what, tell everyone what change your state means. You said,
1: change your story. Yeah. 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 Change your state, change your story. Go ahead. Uh, the same so, thing. Yeah. So your stand is what you believe in. It's what you believe about the world, about yourself. It's your view of the world. Your environment's going to change. It's going to be shaky, right? It's like you're a boat in the water and now the water's getting rough. And your state is how you are emotionally reacting to the situation at hand, whether that's positive, whether that's empowering, whether that's good, whether that's negative, disempowering, or bad. Mm-hmm. So your state. When I find people that are victims and not victors, they're failures, not winners. They're losers, not winners. Is, oh man, I got laid off today, and their shoulders slumped. Well, I got laid off. Then Chad threw me out of the bank. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna go home and watch Netflix. Right. That's not gonna make you 2,828 days. So when I see that, I go, hey, put your shoulders back. Why are you watching Netflix right now? What mm-hmm. do you What do you want? Well, I want. I need 2,828 days. Okay. What do you okay, who needs that? My wife, my kids, wife, So they can eat. Okay. So what is watching Netflix going to do? And you have to find that thing that, that, that snaps that person out of that, that stinking thinking, and you can change your, your state and you go in and out of state. So your state changes all the time, right? You need to know what you stand on. Your state's going to change. Your environment's going to change. And just being conscious of it, first of all, is the, is the first step is language matters, right? Um, I'm pursuing wealth. Like your 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 podcast isn't the avoid poverty and failure podcast. It's like pursue wealth, pursue the positive. Those are two yeah. different things. Exactly, exactly, fantastic. So does listen. that does that help? Because yeah, i yeah, are throwing, throwing the word state around like everybody's heard it. Somebody's what's he yeah, talking no, about? Yeah,
0: yeah like I, I, I you know I've studied anti robins for years <laughs> and I've shared a stage with him, so I know what you mean by state. But not everybody understands changing that that physiology changing that because it makes a difference the way you stand the way you position the way you posture actually affects the neurons in your body and your brain affects the actions you take and the decisions you make or you decisions you don't make and it creates a positive outcome or an outcome you don't want so i hear that i hear that that. so apart from apart from the the painting business that you have what other Mm -hmm. businesses are you involved with Um, What are you doing presently that uh, we should know about? What's going on? I know you've written a book. Tell us about that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of books. So to answer the first question, so painting has now turned into roofing gutters. We're effectively a home contracting business. Nice. And that's what, excuse me, that's what the painting turned into. Uh, Second business, if we go chronologically, is we actually created a drywall texture repair tool that we sell on Amazon. It's called the Pirate Patch. Oh, wow. Drywall repair tool. It is a, a patented product that we invented, patented, and we sell it very, very niched on Amazon. And then during that time, you know, as the business started picking up, people started asking me to speak. And then I decided to write a book. So, 2011 released Become an Award Winning Company. It is effectively seven simple steps to win business awards and then how to leverage those to get free PR and marketing exposure. And then Painted Baby was just released uh, in January. So there's there's 12 years between book one and book two. <laughs> and uh, Painted Baby is how you connect with clients and how you connect with people through brave and vulnerable storytelling by not being perfect, by sharing your worst moments and forgetting the idea, which is a false concept, that you need to paint a picture of perfection because that actually, when you do that, it prevents true connection. Nobody's perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're constantly conditioned to put our best foot, A plus, shiny marketing brochure forward and into the conversations we have, uh-huh. and we miss a place to truly connect with people, and that's all business is at the end of the day. So I'm I'm really working right now along with you know the paint contracting, the pirate patch. We have a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu academy that's okay. now being run by my business partner. I helped launch it, and then he's now taking it over to run it. That's been a huge part of my life uh, for my entire life. And then I do some real estate, fixing, flipping, help people buy and sell. But the big focus right now, the you know, my next 10-year buckets, right? So like my next 20 is writing books, speaking, and taking business leaders on leadership adventures and experiences to Spain.
0: Absolutely. Tell us about that adventure then, because you are a guy that it's like you're living, you're exploring, you're living fully and you love coffee you love martial arts jujitsu you 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 love all things spain what is it what's going on with that? tell us <laughs> how does someone live that kind of life because it brings you to life clearly
1: when you talk about it it's like it, it does yeah go ahead and, and it's funny because somebody asked me "Well, how do you sell these experiences i don't sell anything I get up every day and I tell people how excited I am literally like, this is what I get to do every day. And and I'll tell you where it causes some friction with my wife. I don't work every day. My wife's like, you're going to work every day, <laughs> but I get up, I drink coffee and hang out with amazing people. We have a free Spanish coffee bar, right, right behind, right downstairs. So people walk oh, wow. in here and we get to show them love and share coffee with them. Wow. And I get to share my passion for Spain with, with people here in the United States and while doing that, I that basically. in your own building?
0: Is that your building down yeah, there? In our own building.
1: Yep. Your building. We've got about a 5,000 5, square foot building, or what would that be? 50, 50 square meters. What is that? Right. 5,000 square feet, 500 meters squared building, right. two stories. And we've got a free coffee bar. So people come in, and literally my story meets your story. And we come together and I make your story better based on the lessons that I've learned. And um, I love that I get to share my passion for Spain, my passion for people, my passion for leadership. And then one thing that I found as it's important in my story that that I've discovered is I will do anything once and I'll try these crazy ideas that can't be done. And I love these once in a lifetime experiences. So I've literally packaged all of that into two different retreats I do to Spain Mm -hmm. um, under my gentle art of leadership coaching program that I developed. So September... We're doing the gentle art of leadership hike of a lifetime on the Camino de Santiago, so the St. James Way pilgrimage. Just right. taking a group of guys that are busy, burned out, stressed, and they need to unplug, disconnect, and recenter. We're going to hike 70 miles out in the middle of nowhere in Spain. Nice. And they're going to learn how to do that. Uh, May of 2024, that's the ultimate immersion experience. So think of an adventure, race, competition, challenge. We're all over different parts of Spain. Fun sun food culture. It's a trip, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you're having these once in a lifetime experiences that only I can curate because they're with people that I have decades long relationships with. A couple things participants have to sign an NDA. Like that's how private and intimate some of the stuff they're going to see and experience historically, culturally that we're going to be a part of. But it's designed, right, to push you out of your comfort zone and elicit the things that you need to develop in your life and your leadership and your family and your business. And we get to do it together, right? Because life's a journey. Business is a journey. And it's like, why why do it alone? Do it together. Do it with
0: somebody. Absolutely. I mean, doing that in that community and with a tribe makes it much easier. What kind of breakthroughs do you see in people after so many days on this adventure with you?
1: What's what's interesting, and, and again, being in the space that you're in, right? Tony creates a very intentional space with the temperature, the energy. I mean, the way he does everything to where... He can manage and control, but then take you to a place where you're challenged. So my my view on that is I'm taking you out of a country to it's an environment you've never been to before, a language you don't speak. And I'm asking you to do things that you normally might not do here and might not even do there, whether you knew the language or not. And I'm observing and there's different points. Some are uncomfortable right off the bat. Some are uncomfortable even getting on the plane. Some of them land and they go, oh, my gosh, I had this breakthrough that when I get on a plane, I feel claustrophobic and it brought me back to to here. And this is where I shut down. Maybe that Um, we did a challenge where people were forced to engage and communicate, but they couldn't speak the language. And one person, when they couldn't do that, they got really excited and they started using their hands. Mm. And they realized when they were stressed in that scenario, here's where they went. Another person just shut down. Um, and, And we had one person scared of heights. Mm-hmm. And we did an experience where they were forced to raise their level above the ground with not not too high. So, and I, di- I didn't know, I didn't know what was going to elicit these things, but the point is, is they see it and, and then you go, okay, why is this a thing for you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this is why, and then you get to explore their story. And some of them were able to like change that right away. Uh, the coolest thing, let me share the, the example is um, without giving away the experiences, there is... Um, a structure somewhere in Spain that mm-hmm. you can walk up. And as you walk up it, you know you're walking up it and you're getting higher above the ground. And at any point, you can turn around and go back.
0: Okay.
1: Or you can also keep going. And for me, for you, it's not that high, right? If you don't have a fear of heights, it's not that high. So we all made it to the top. Matt, Mac, the team, the crew that's in Spain, we made it to the top. And we're looking, at ah, it's not that bad. My my guy, Jim, who came, he only made it two-thirds of the way up. And then he stopped and he turned around, but those two thirds of the way up was the highest he had ever been. So for me as the facilitator, instead of saying, why didn't you make it up with the team? Why didn't you push through? Like, this is how some coaches are. What do you mean you can push through? No, he made it two thirds of the way higher than he's ever been before. And we're proud of him and we're celebrating him. So it's all about how you look at that experience. And for him, for him, that was that experience For somebody else, it was having a pigeon land by them and poop on them in a plaza. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> Right? So the little things, big things. And um, what was interesting being the facilitator is certain things that I thought I was curating and generating. I go, I know this is going to get everybody to think about vision. It actually didn't. It was something else. It was the things that didn't go well, that didn't go as planned, that were some of the most memorable. So even for me as the facilitator, it was cool to see how the experience and the people within it lead to the outcomes, the the, the outcomes you want but not in the way you think you would get them. Right, right, right. And it, you know, often it takes
0: processes like yours for people to realize how big they really are to really mm-hmm. get self-awareness, to get that yeah. experience, that that point of mastery of self to say, actually, where else am I, in my life or in my business can I do this where I've been limiting myself? So I love all that, Matt. Matt, mm-hmm. thank you for that. I want to say in a moment how do people get hold of you they want to learn more they want to connect with you what's the best way uh, for them to do
1: that matt so the best way to start is my website it's matt Shoup, so it's s-h-o-u-p like paul.com and two things when you get there when you get there there's a button that says free tools it's an orange button all over the website you can download a couple chapters of both of my books free leadership language survey it's basically a toolkit totally free where you can just start that, that journey with me of finding things and ways to make your life and your business and your leadership better. So that's totally free. And then from there, you can buy my books and you know, talk about further things. But the other thing that I'd encourage you to do, scroll down on the website to the bottom, right before the blog, there's a feed to my Instagram reels every morning during the weekday. I do something called morning coffee with Matt. Mm-hmm. So it's a 60 second reel it has to be less than 60, right? And it's just an inspirational tidbit piece of wisdom. Sometimes there's a weak theme. Sometimes I bounce around and you can just watch those every morning. So follow me on the social and those will pop up on your feed. You just get a little 60 seconds of Matt every morning to keep you keep you going. Absolutely. You've been listening to Matt Shout and
0: Mac Katram here, your host. And thank you for tuning into the Business Success and Wealth Show. And I want to say matt thank you for your energy thank you for all the nuggets thank you for the stories my friend thank you for thank the you. stories, you. amazing stories i love that i love that and it's all inspiring as well hey subscribe to the channel or follow depending on where you are uh like share comment uh as well what did you get out of this put it put some comments in as well and share with someone who really needs to hear these words that matt sharp was sharing today remember to also follow matt on in his, in his instagram and go to his website as well we'll put this sh- this in a show link so matt thank you thank you thank you thank you for gracing us with your energy and your story you. and the inspiration you're given thank you all right guys Thanks. until we speak again take care guys thank you very much for tuning in